9 o'clock. It's Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine. I'm Jim, along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. You can hear the Jim Davis Show here in the Valley. 1011 FM, 1340 AM along Highway 50. 102.1 online all the time. Get the mobile app. You can hear all of our NBC Grand Radio stations. You can get that or stream it from our website at theteam1340.com. All right. We hope tomorrow, I think plan is tomorrow to announce our winner for Pop Pigskin Pick'em. Get that to you tomorrow on the program. Also uh, working on uh, getting Jerry Schimmel on the next uh, couple of days. Of course, yeah. uh, Jerry and Jack will bring you Rockies baseball. Pitchers and catchers reporting today. We'll talk a little uh, spring training baseball coming up in a few minutes. So today, just to let you know, District 51 schools, kids, you're home today. It is a snow day. Probably already know that by now. Woo! Montrose, you're home today as well because of the snow here in the valley. Or here on the western slope, here in the valley, and of course in Montrose as well today. All right, so it's a wine about a Wednesday from Talon Wine. Kids in those two school districts, quite mm-hmm. happy today. Nothing to complain about. Wine all around for all these school kids. Because they're, no, they're no, home. That's, right. that's not good. Parents, they've got something to whine about. It's like, okay, what am I going to do now? Kids are at home. I have to entertain them all day? Isn't that what we no. pay the teachers to do? Poorly. Pay them poorly. <laughs> do it very well. Just going to leave all that alone. 902. It's time to talk a little CSU Rams basketball with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth. Talking CSU with the voice of the Rams, Brian Roth, on the Jim Davis Show. Brian Roth joins us. Good morning, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for the uh, twisted sister to lead into this. I appreciate it. Oh, re- okay. So, uh, do you, uh, back in the day, enjoy a little D. Snyder and Twisted Sister? I think, you know, being a widespread panic guy, that seemed, you know, it's more jam bandy. That's not uh, old school kind of hair metal, not necessarily something I think that Brian Roth would, would dabble in. But am I, I stand corrected. Oh, no. no, I didn't become, I didn't, I didn't get into jam band until I was, into my 20s in college. So, I mean, that, that, uh, we're not going to take it. I had to come out in the 80s, right? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, what, yeah. late 80s, I, was, I believe? I, I was still in elementary and middle school back then. <laughs> so, I liked whatever they played on the radio. You stink, Roth. Thanks for bringing that up. Particularly today on my birthday. How old I am. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Well, happy birthday, Jim. Well, well thank you, Brian. It's okay. Now I'm, I feel better. You I'm an old man. That's right. You See, last week, yeah. Last week, you were telling me how young I am. You know, like in my 30s, early 40s, and and today I feel like a... Equalizing like a, is what it is. Exactly. Bringing it back. Brian keeps me balanced. Yep. He keeps me balanced. <laughs> Gives me a compliment one week. Next week brings me crashing right back to earth. So I appreciate you uh, providing some uh, uh, some balance in my life, Brian, when it comes to my age. So to build you back up. It's what good coaches do, right? Exa- exactly. See? You know how it works. You know, you better run Nico Medved. You know, Tim Miles, some good coaches. Jay Norvell, Sonny Lubick, been around some really good coaches. Okay, what? Okay, let me ask you. We got some a moment here. Maybe the most important thing you've learned from a coach that you've covered, that you've worked with, like a a life lesson or two from somebody like Sonny, because I I just I still have great admiration for Sonny Lubick. Uh, but have you have you any life lessons you ever learned from any of those guys? Yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, you know, you, you bring up Sonny Lubick, and I guess a, a life lesson, you know, when, when, when Sonny was, was around, you know, the Rams obviously had, you know, tremendous success with Sonny Lubick and, 
you know, I mean, he's the legend. But, you know, Sonny would treat every single person in the athletic building the same. Uh, didn't matter who you were. Didn't matter how low of a level of employee you were. Or didn't matter if uh, you were the star player on the team. Everybody got treated the same. And I always saw that because I was uh, just a, a young pop, right, back in the day. I, when I got my start at Colorado State, I was doing uh, – sideline reporting and you know i didn't know what i was doing i was wet behind the ears <laughs> trying to figure it all out and you know, Sonny Lubick treated me with as as much dignity and respect you know just this punk kid trying to break into business as, as he did anybody else that was covering colorado state but he did that in the facility as well and it didn't matter who you were what your job was Sonny Lubick would treat you the same way so um on the spot that's what i could come up with but it, it is something i always think about and and i just understand you know that's that was a great lesson from one of the great all-time people i've ever met on 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 how to treat people on a on a daily basis and it is um it has served me very well over the years yeah no doubt about it and i've you know had the pleasure to meet uh, sunny a couple of times many many years ago and just yeah what a what a classy wonderful individual like you said that just treated everybody with great respect and i yeah i just uh he just always, my, my takeaway was, what, what a likable human being, what a great guy, and a hell of a football coach uh, at CSU during his time as well. So tonight... And let me, and let me say this. No, go ahead. Kevin. No, go ahead, Brian. And, 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 and you, you've been around the business a long time, too. That is not always the norm, no. right? I mean, that, that certainly isn't part of the course. Um, and, and, and especially at the higher levels, when you, when you get up in, in you know, college football and college basketball, there's some massive egos. <laughs> involved and so treating everybody the same uh that is that is not a, a common theme um in 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 college sports but uh, i will say this jay norvell current coach now at colorado state has a lot of those same qualities uh that that sunny lubick has had and, and and jay's kind of like the same way i mean he, he will treat everybody in that building or anybody that touches the program the exact same. He treats him with respect. So yeah, he just seems like a really good guy, class guy. Guy, of course, has been coaching for a very long time in Jay Norvell, and yeah, there is there is a little sunny there, isn't there, in Jay Norvell in terms of how how his personality is. There is. There, there's there's no question about it. Everybody that's come in contact with him, and Jay's been here now for he got hired December seventh, twenty twenty one. So what? He's been here like what fifteen months. I mean, anybody that comes across him says the same thing. And then, of course, you know, you, all you have to do is ask folks in Nevada about him and, and folks that have come been around him in the last 25-plus uh, years of college and, and, and NFL coaching. And that's just who Jay Norvell is. It isn't a, a front that he, that he puts on. I mean, that is who he is. So, I, I, you know, I, I, want to see his, I want him to be as successful as Sonny Lubick for sure, but I feel blessed that, you know, you get to work with somebody like that on a – a semi-daily basis, and it makes your life uh, a lot easier. It makes everybody's life in that building uh, a lot easier. Yeah, wins make things a lot easier, too, but when you're treated with respect, it it, it makes your day-to-day job so much better. Yeah, absolutely. Brian Roth, voice of the CSU Rams, with us today. Rams have uh, Boise State tonight, CSU 11-14, and 14, uh, overall 3-9 and nine in conference play. And uh, the Rams get the rematch with Boise State. Uh, of course, uh, tonight, uh, this time around at Moby Arena, the last time was a loss at Boise, 80-59. to So 
see what uh, see what the Rams can do in terms of maybe uh, get a little little revenge on their home floor against Boise State coming up tonight. Yeah, for sure. And let me just derail this conversation one more. Go one right more ahead, Brian. So derail away. Here, Jim. Uh, I'll, I'll take it from here. You just sit back. I will kick uh, back. <laughs> I can put my feet up on the desk and it just is, enjoy. That's right. That's right. It is retro night at Colorado State, okay? Retro night. They're asking all the student, students to, to dress up in, in 1980s gear, all right? What if I did the radio broadcast dressed up like Dee Snyder? That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Gotta get somebody. Get, the missus can do the makeup for you and everything. The you hair, to, do you have enough hair? Yeah, you have to get a wig, probably. No, Brian. no, no. That's going to be Wig City. But I, yeah. mean, I just got me thinking. I was just like, wait a minute. Maybe that's a, it's an omen for for me to embrace the retro night tonight and and come looking like Twisted Sister. So you're gonna need I, like, yeah. like a leather vest, some leather pants, get Brad, some I'm gonna, shirt. To, I'm gonna have to Google Twisted Sister now. And just just to get a get a better idea on exactly what's they have like some kind of um, yeah. There's gonna be I'm some work you have to the do. Makeup, yeah, yeah. You, you, this is not gonna be a quick thing that you're gonna put together. But I think I think uh, I'd be I'd, I would love it. Love to see you dressed up like Twisted Sister, like D. Snyder. That'd be fantastic. That, that would be fantastic. So anyway, it just uh, kind of piqued my interest. I, I mean, if I could get you my, get you my old. D. Snyder twisted sister gear that's still in the closet someplace. I'd ship it over to you. You know, you've yeah, got that right. there. It's, it's, it's ready for you. Now and then, depending on what concert you're going to, right? <laughs> exactly. I always, yeah, you know, I always love to dress up like the artist, right? Save the flannel for I go see Pearl Jam. You know, just always got to make the sure. Denim get... jacket with patches for Judas Priest. Exactly. Got to have that. Yep. You, know, you bet. Got to have the got to the right uh, the right gear, the right fashion to go see those concerts. Well, I, I apologize for derailing the show. That's okay. Uh, let's get it's... to the question you did ask me. Yes, <laughs> Boise State is in town tonight for Retro Night in Fort Collins. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's been an eight-day layoff for CSU. And, you know, I have not played since last Tuesday when they went down to Clune Arena and, and snapped a five-game skid against Air Force. And, and one of their better wins of the year. Uh, but, you know, Boise State certainly is a different team than Air Force. And, you know, you look at the Mountain West Conference and, and possible NCAA bids, Maybe two weeks ago looked like a five-bid league. Maybe sitting here today in the morning of February 15th, it looks more like a three-bid league. But one of those teams that, that is still firmly in the NCAA tournament as we speak right now is Boise State that comes into town tonight. They're really good. And they, you can make the argument, perhaps have the best starting five in the Mountain West Conference. But that's where they run into a little bit of trouble. It's a, a Boise State team that's not very deep. They really go about six deep. Sometimes they only play seven. If they do go to the eighth kid on the bench, uh, it's for two, three minutes per game. So, But it's a, it's a really good Boise State team, and, and the Rams just kind of ran into a buzzsaw. The first matchup back on January the 28th, they got beat by 21. And that was a game in which Boise State came out. They had four of their first five threes. Uh, next thing you know, you're down 15-4, to four, and it was an uphill battle uh, ever since. So, Rams have a chance to, to strike a little revenge tonight. And, and remember, that's the Boise State team that won the regular season Mountain West Conference Championship last year, won the tournament title in Vegas last year as well. But the Rams and the Broncos played twice last year, and CSU swept them. So, you know, this is a Colorado State team that has had success over Boise State in recent history. Yeah, and to speak to what uh, you mentioned earlier uh, in that game, the last time 80 
to uh, 59. Boise State gets the victory. They're, they're, you know, they're starting five, scoring double figures, led by Tyson Dagenart with 22 points. Their bench only generated, what, uh, 11 points in, in total, where CSU had 19 points, but nobody else was in double figures. So, And that was Isaiah Stevens with the 19 points. So it, it kind of speaks to what you're talking about the, the last time, where their starters, productive, everybody in double figures. Rams, somebody's got to step up tonight, whether it's Patrick Cartier or, 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 or whoever, or John Tanji, somebody's got to step up tonight and help Isaiah Stevens because he can't have just one guy in double figures if you have any hope of hanging with Boise State tonight. No, and you know what you're going to get from Isaiah Stevens. I mean, he's putting together an all-conference caliber season. I mean, he's going to be a first-team all-conference selection, even with Colorado State's record. And again, the Rams sitting at 3-9 and nine in Mountain West Conference play. But no, I, think, I, think the, I think you're exactly right. But I think really the key for the Rams is, is John Tanjay. And he is, uh, you know, we talked about him last week on the show. He had 21 against Air Force, was uber aggressive. And again, he's a senior, came in that same recruiting class along with Isaiah Stevens and, and David Roddy. And, you know, he's been a role player through his first three years at CSU. And, and you know, now he's more of that, that, you know, option, you know, 1A, right? I mean, you got Isaiah Stevens is your number one guy, but but right there is John Tanjay, and he's had a bit of an issue filling that role. Um, you know, in, in, in his fourth season, senior year, you'd like to see him kind of grasp that that top dog role right next to Isaiah Stevens. And, and it always hasn't been a smooth ride this year for John Tanjay. But, you know, talking to coaching staff, if, if CSU uh, expects to – make a little noise to close out the season here and play spoiler against teams like Boise State, New Mexico, San Diego State, and maybe make noise in the Mountain West Conference Tournament, you're going to have to have John Tanjay be that second-scoring option. And, and he's been good at times this year. He's averaging 13 points per game, but, but you just need a little bit more than that out of, out of John Tanjay. So you're right that CSU has to have other contributors other than Isaiah Stevens, who's been sublime again this year, and John Tanjay certainly is that key piece that if he could play well down the stretch and kind of take what he did at Air Force last Tuesday, and Colorado State's going to be a tough out, and they can certainly muck up that conference race down the stretch. All right, 8 o'clock tip for that one tonight at Moby as CSU takes on Boise State. Brian, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, and have a great call tonight, and good luck with whatever uh, outfit you decide to wear for retro night tonight. Uh, but like I said, I, I wish I could send you some gear, get over there, over to you in time to to dress up like D. Snyder from Twisted Sister. Maybe, maybe uh, let's see, who else would be a good '80s icon? Maybe some, maybe Billy Idol, right? Yes. Can spike the hair up, you know, That's get right. the leather vest. Could do that. That worked. Little too. sneer going. Get the, yeah, get the sneer. <laughs> Might be a little tough to call the game with a sneer the whole time, but you oh, can try. I, I can get the sneer going, especially if the Rams are playing bad, and I don't like <laughs> the, the officiate. That's, it'll be easy uh, to do that then. You'll, you'll look like Billy Idol all, the entire game. Hopefully that will not be the case, though, that you have to do like that. Billy Idol the entire season. <laughs> that's, that is true. That, that's very true. <laughs> hey, Brian, always appreciate it, man. Have a great call tonight, my friend. Thanks so much. All right, take care. There's Brian Roth, retro night tonight. Over Moby, that game on FS1, by the way. If you want to uh, watch it on the tube. All right, 9-16. Coming up, we're going to talk um, about some of the changes at spring training. Also, um, 
a little continuation of around the NFL here in the uh, 9 o'clock hour because it was referenced by, about uh, Garrett Bowles that uh, 850 KOA's Benjamin Albright on with Dave Logan and Ryan Edwards and Big Al over on KOA that uh, the Broncos could be potentially shopping a veteran starter. And that guy could be Garrett Bowles. There's also some talk around Albright that Cortland Sutton might be on the way out of Denver. Hmm. So, I'm assuming Sean Payton has talked with George Payton, the law office of Payton and Payton, and they're looking at, can can we do better in the... Can we get draft picks for these guys? Can we do better in free agency? Can we find a free agent offensive tackle to replace Garrett Bowles? That would be an upgrade over what we currently have with him. Uh, Yeah, I know. And 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 likewise with Cortland Sutton. Like the house cleaning continues, apparently, for Sean Payton. Or just starts, I guess. I don't really know if it is continuing. Right. And, look, you know, there, there are guys that are out there right now that, that might, as far as on the offensive line, that Orlando Brown Jr., the, he really has indicated he wants to stay in Kansas City. But as far as left tackles go, there's, there's not a, a ton of left tackles. Eric Fisher is still out there, mm-hmm. one-time chief who played for Miami this past season. I mean, there's there's not a, a glut of, of left tackles. Not really. As far as free agency goes. Are they I, going I, to be able to find a better one in the draft? I don't know. If you trade, you know, to get hopefully back into the first round, that's, that's a possibility. You know, that th- they could do that. What, wh- I mean, what is Garrett Bowles going to bring on the market? That's gonna be the question. He's not gonna bring a first round pick. Probably not. I, I can't I, I can't see that being the case. And so Denver, which you know, now does not have a first round pick, I mean what what is there for them? You know, and, and what what are they gonna get out of Garrett Bowles? Can they get a a second round pick out of him? Second and maybe a, a fifth? Or is it just gonna be a second round pick? I don't know if you get two picks out of him. I don't know if you, I don't know if you can get two picks out of him. I don't know if that's going to be a possibility. Because if people are just looking at, you know, PFF grades, I'm just like, whoa, first rounder. But eye test just isn't. Yeah, it's, it's not going to pass, right? He's been a, he's been a, obviously a starting tackle now for a while, but you know, uh, Peter Skarnarski from Northwestern. Some have rated him as one of the best tackles. Paris Johnson for your Ohio State Buckeyes. Mm-hmm. Tyler Steen from Alabama. Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Anton Harrison from Oklahoma. These are some of the, the – Roderick Jones from, from Georgia are some of the guys that are the highest regarded, highest rated tackles going into the draft. Right. Denver's got to get back in the first round to have a shot at, at some of those guys. So Could some fall to the second round? Sure. But I think what this is showing us is that Sean Payton's looking at the roster going, 
we this we, isn't going to get it done. We can do better than this. We can. We have to find a way to do better than this. The line has to be better. We need to get draft picks. He's a starter that somebody might at least give us a second round pick for. That we can find better in free agency. We can do better in the draft than we have with Garrett Bowles. And in Cortland Sutton, that's kind of interesting that there's the feeling that maybe he he does have some value as a starting wide receiver, but doesn't fit into Sean Payton's vision of what what that receiving you know room that that wide receiver core that wide receiver room looks like moving forward. I think maybe Cortland Sutton is getting a, painted a little bit with the brush of uh, Michael Thomas a little bit. I don't think Sean Payton wants to deal with the headache of that type of guy because we kind of saw Cortland a little bit play in his feels a little this last season, if for lack of a better term, right? He'd get visibly frustrated, didn't look like he was completing his routes, running crisp as, as he was, at least to me. And I don't know if Sean Payton wants to deal with that. Yeah. And that, and maybe I mean, he's the sacrificial lamb, too. But a guy that would have value to somebody mm-hmm. would be a good – number two guy on on a lot of teams rosters as a wide receiver but every guy that gets moved or gets rumored to be moved for me for the broncos makes me go you know how much of this really was on nathaniel hackett right a lot a lot of it was but every guy that gets moved out now is like hmm if they had the greatest roster to underachieve then Sean Payton would be keeping a lot of these guys, thinking I can get more out of them. Right, that they're it was just coaching, it was just the scheme mm-hmm. that kept them back, and now it's kind of a sense of, um, oh, maybe they're just not. Maybe a they good had fit. more to do with it than in what people think. But I, I love this too in this whole article where you have Zach Stevens, who we've had on before from DNVR. Per source, there have been zero. There's been zero talk within the Broncos organization regarding Garrett Bowles potentially being traded this offseason. Albright responds to the trade. The semantics game, games around the league is always fun. Guys that are going to be shopped but haven't yet, haven't had talks yet, etc. Teams are always cognizant of, of it getting out before they want it to so the player doesn't get mad, especially if they can't move him. And what did Cody say? I think what Cody Rourke had to say is very valuable. Sean Payton, they've kind of slammed the lid hard on stuff coming out of Mm-hmm. Out of Dove Valley, Sean Payton's going to run a very tight ship when it comes to information that comes out, unless it's from an agent or a player himself. Right. It's not. It's not going to come from George Payton, and it's sure in the hell not going to come from Sean Payton, and it's probably not going to come from anybody else right now. But Cody but may, but and Albright and Stevens all are hearing that Garrett Bowles might be on the shopping. On the chopping block or the trading block. Which I think makes a lot of sense if you're Denver. It does, but also, you know what that tells me? Is if these guys are right, that this is on the on the uh, you know board to discuss. And what Cody says also can be right, that things aren't going to get out unless they want it to. I mean, Garrett Bulls is out of here. Maybe that is the case, or it is getting out. Because they're putting it out. I think Garrett Bowles but, gone but then at this I, point. But then. I do agree with Albright in that you got to be careful because what if you can't make it work? What if you can't get him? What if you can't trade him? What if it falls through? And then 
you're you're kind of stuck. You he is your best option at the moment. Yeah, you don't have a. I I know Cam Fleming played okay at times last year, but is Cam Fleming a better option? Maybe he is. I don't know. And maybe that's what Sean Payton has seen on film that we're better with Cam Fleming than we are with Garrett Bowles. That's entirely possible. So I don't really care if Garrett Bowles right gets upset because we already have we already have the backup plan. It's a guy that's already been playing and starting there in Cam Fleming. But, you know, that's an accurate point. I mean, that if they don't want stuff to get out, well, then how is this getting out? Mm-hmm. Where is this coming from? That's a good question. 925. We'll take a break. We'll come back, talk about spring training. I still want to bring you the uh, interviews that you had last night with Jake Aguirre and uh, with Jeff Johnson, both Fruit of Monument basketball teams winning last night. Wildcat girls are a win away from clinching the Southwestern League title. The boys uh, got it done last night, that double overtime win over Central. We'll talk about that coming up. Text or call the show, 970-242-1340. Still time to win a bottle of wine today from Talon Wine. It's a Wine About a Wednesday on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The Team. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. On this Wine About a Wednesday with Talon Wine, if you're a Mesa baseball fan, you can whine about the weather because the series with uh, Southern New Hampshire canceled because of the weather and travel conditions. So set to start tomorrow. A couple of top 15 teams. Mavs, number 15 team in the nation. Southern New Hampshire, number 6. They went to the uh, World Series last year at Cary. North Carolina, back-to-back years for the penman of uh, Southern New Hampshire, but that series has now been canceled. And it will not be rescheduled, by the way. So I was looking forward to that. Ray McClellan and I were going to call the game tomorrow, but uh, Mother Nature had other plans. But spring training, pitchers and catchers, starts today in Scottsdale, Arizona. Caught up at the Rockies as uh, their pitchers and catchers report. uh, Mentioned this earlier this morning. Position players show up on Monday. Randall Gritchick will not be among them. Among them, He had a, a bilateral sports hernia surgery performed uh, a few weeks ago. He's going to miss six weeks, and so he'll be on the shelf for a while. And he had a uh, sports hernia surgery back in 2015 when he played for the Cardinals. Of course, the Rockies got him last spring in the deal with Toronto that sent, Rime, that sent Rymel Tapia to uh, the Toronto Blue Jays. So spring training begins Cactus League and, of course, the Grapefruit League. And there are changes coming. Last uh, September, Major League Baseball, the competition committee, voted to implement rule changes that will start with spring training. And some of these rules have been in the minor leagues over the past few, few seasons. And so now they move to the Major League level. Rules include a first-ever pitch clock, the elimination of the shift, bigger bases, and a limit to how many times a pitcher can disengage from the rubber. So these are some of the changes. Start the shift because it's been it's been talked about for quite some time. It's mm-hmm. kind of a controversial decision in regard to the shift. That there there are many people that feel like it's this isn't the right way to go. That offensively, yes, it is. 
But defensively, to take the shift out of the equation, to limit what defenses can do, it limits what a manager can do in terms of, obviously, defensive alignment. You're you're stuck in, yeah. in regard to what you can do. And we've always talked about it against the shift. How about learn how to hit the other way? Yeah. How about go learn to learn to go the other way? If they're if they think that you're going to pull the ball to the the right side, then try to if you're left-handed batter, then try to work a pitch on the outer half and, and spray it, you know, the opposite way, hit it into left field. Hitters should develop the ability to go the opposite way. Well, that's now not going well, guys can still obviously try to go the opposite way. They're going to try to do that. But the shift, as far as hitting, find a way to hit against the shift, it's not going to be the problem that it once was. So at the time a pitch is thrown, all four infielders are required to be on the infield dirt or infield grass with two on each side of second base. Players will be able to move as soon as the ball leaves the pitcher's hand. Original infielders will begin the game on one side of the field, would not be allowed to switch to the other side for the entirety of the game, but they uh, revise that to just uh, each inning unless there's a mid-inning substitution. In other words, a player starts an inning at first or second base, has to remain on that side of the field for the whole inning, but can switch to short or third base the next inning. If there's an injury mid-inning, then the infield can be reset. Do we like this? I this. I'm still not sure how I feel about it. It just has more words. Right, it, that now makes it like the NFL rule book. There's just more words. Should they take the shift away? Should there be limits on it? Is this an overreaction that is being made to to pump up the offensive numbers in baseball? Yes, that part I do. Th- that is, yeah, and. And so, okay, I get it. You want the product to be, to be better, to be more enjoyable for fans. They want going back to the days of Glavin, the guys, mm-hmm. the Braves and company. And then when that commercial chicks dig the long ball, right? Fans dig the long ball. Not meaning to be insulting to any of the ladies out there. But if you hit around the shift, not into the shift, right? If you go the other way, the ball's in play. This is not a shift issue. This is a grip it and rip it issue. This is a turn and burn, lift and separate issue. This is not a hit them where they ain't issue, right? Exactly, which has always been part of baseball. It's against the shift. You you find a way to go the opposite way against it. It's a skill that you develop. And so, how it's going to be enforced, if the hitting team reaches base and runners advance and a ball hit under the violation, the, the game proceeds without penalties. If the play has any other consequence, an out, a sacrifice, etc., the hitting team can decide either to accept the penalty, which would add one ball to the hitter's count, or decline it and the play would stand. So, the league-wide batting average was down to 243 in 2022, lowest since 1968. And big part of that, a lack of singles. With 2022's rate of 5.33 per team, the third lowest in, in league history, and the 2021 and 2020 seasons uh, filled the two spots ahead of it on the all-time list. 
So last year when they when they had this going at the minor league level, where, where shifts are regulated, the batting average on balls in play by left-handed batters rose by eight points. At AAA, where shifts were not banned, it was only up by three points. Hitters are loving it. Hitters are, are shocking. Are, are glad to, are glad to have it. So what a shock there. Guys who can't hit around the shift are glad to not have the shift anymore. That's kind of how I take that. It's a little bit. Maybe I'm a get off my lawn guy about that. It's a little bit like how the three pointer uh, home runs. To me, guys are focused on hitting the long ball. Mm -hmm. They 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 want to they want to hit to the alleys. They they want to hit home runs. It's kind of like what the three point shot over the course of time has done to the mid-range jumper. It's kind of done that in terms of the power game being king has done that to to the Tony Gwynns of the world. Yeah. To the guys who are just base hitters. Guys who just make contact. Guys who just get on base. This is an attempt to try to, I think, in some way bring that back in, in, in regard to guys being contact hitters. But it's not encouraging them to develop the skills of, of of when they have to face a shift of being able to hit against it. If you can hit against it, then teams maybe stop employing the shift on you, right? Right. Then you get them out of the shift. You take them out of it. It's like if you run the football and you play action and you hit hit one downfield, you mm-hmm. take guys out of the box. If you start making, if you can go the opposite way, and and get a base knock to left field going against a shift set up to you know, against a left-handed hitter set up to the right side of the infield, then maybe you take them out of the shift if you have success doing that. That's just that's just my my feeling on that. What this is to me, uh, to to use your analogy, this is outlawing the RPO in football. Yes. If you're gonna fake a play action, you have to hand it off so the defense can properly play the game, right? To me, that's what it's akin to. So you also have the pitch clock. Pitchers will have 15 seconds to throw a pitch with the bases empty and 20 seconds with a runner on base. Hitters will need to be in the batter's box with eight seconds on the pitch clock. Here's how it's enforced. If a pitcher has not started the motion to deliver a pitch before the expiration of the clock, he'll be charged the ball. If a batter delays entering the box, he'll be charged with a strike. The average time of what they're trying to do here is, of course, influence the length of a game. Mm -hmm. Speed up the game. Try to speed it up. Average time of a nine-inning major league game in 2022 is three hours, four minutes, which is actually six minutes less than it was in 2021, which is an all-time high. But the game has been rising in terms of length since 2014. Mm-hmm. 2014 was the first time that Major League Baseball games crossed the three-hour threshold. And they all feel longer because it's the same five teams that are taking forever to play a baseball game nationally. Now, in the minor leagues, when they instituted in 2022, you saw it immediately. Over the first 132 minor league games under the new rules, the average game was two hours, 39 minutes. 20 minutes shorter than the average time a set of a control set of 335 games without a clock 
once again, if you're well, both sides of this. This is one where hitters love not having the shift. Mm-hmm. This is one where both parties maybe have an issue with this. Pitchers, obviously, you're you're hurrying my delivery. You're you're rushing me. If guys that work like to work slow, more deliberately, this works against them, takes them out of their rhythm. For hitters, there are guys that like to get out of the box, reset, get back in. It's part of their approach at the plate. And there are guys that are not going to be happy with that part of it from a from a hitter standpoint. I'm I'm not a I don't have this is one I don't have a problem with necessarily. Mm-hmm. To quote letter Kenny, pitter patter, let's get at her. Yeah. Let's go. Get in the box and hit. Get on the bump and throw. Get on the bump and pitch. That that's my thing is they're rushing me. Fifteen seconds is rushing you. Is rushing you. Do you know how long fifteen seconds is? You can't get it done in that amount of time. Like maybe you should do something else then. You know, it's like how did you play any other sport growing up? It's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop the fast break. I need a little (laughs) bit more time to get set here. You know. Let's let's settle down here. Wait, 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 wait. Long snap count. I need to need to get ready. Need to get ready to go here. Come on. And then there are other things like the bigger bases. They'll be increased from fifteen inches to eighteen inches. Supposed to reduce injuries while increasing stolen base attempts. We'll see if that actually works. There's also the change about position players pitching, among other things. Yeah, I saw that one. That one was interesting. Quickly, like, I didn't know that was the problem. I, I didn't realize that it was either. Teams will be more limited when they can pitch a position player. The previous rule allowed them to use one when they were up or down by six or more runs, but the sides are discussing a tweak in which the leading team would have to be up by as many as ten or more, while the trailing team would have to be down by eight or more in order to pitch a position player. Sounds like that one is probably going to get tweaked some more. But like you said, I agree with you. Is that really a huge, huge problem in baseball? A glut of pitchers pitching? Or so position guys pitching? Yeah, position guys pitching. There's a glut of that because there's too many runs being scored, but offense is down. We need all these rules to help boost and give the offense a jump start. You know? Give a little nitrous oxide to the offense, but don't score too many runs. That's right. We're going to have position players pitching. Don't want that to happen. Come on. Rob Manfred. Figure it out, guys. This is all under your watch, and you're actively making the game less watchable. It will make spring training even more interesting than normal to see how some of this stuff works. Right. These Some of these guys are going to look like first-timers. They, they are. And, look, the pitch clock's going to throw guys off. I mean, there's automatically, there, there's going to be problems there with major league guys getting used to that, both both hitters mm-hmm. and pitchers. The pitch clock is going to screw up a lot of your you're gonna Max see, Scherzer's. Yeah, you're going to see, I think, a, yeah, bigger problem. That was where I think we're going to see the biggest issue mm-hmm. with some of the, with, of the rule changes. It'll be that one. Yep. Moving forward. All right, so text or call 970-242-1340. Still time to get in uh, your wine today to win a bottle of wine from Talon Wine. Got Conrad Villaforte from the Maverick baseball team coming up. It's time for... That's the story of the greatest sport moment in all of history. It's time to take a trip back in time. It's this day in sports history. 
1953, Tenley Albright becomes the first American woman to win a World Figure Skating Championship. Also, uh, 1964, the Cubs' Ken Hubs dies in a private plane crash. He was a 22-year-old second baseman. His private plane crashed in Utah. He was the National League Rookie of the Year for the Cubs. 1978, Land Spinks wins 15-round split decision over Muhammad Ali to take the World Heavyweight title. And 1994, freshman Isla Borders becomes the first woman to pitch in an NCAA or NAIA baseball game. 1998, Dale Earnhardt takes the Daytona 500 on his 20th try. We'll take a break, and we'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Welcome back. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Mavericks were set to play uh, Southern New Hampshire tomorrow over at Bergman. That has now been canceled. But with us right now, senior for the Cardinal Mesa Baseball team, Conrad Villaforte. Hey, Conrad, appreciate the time. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Uh, I just appreciate you guys having me on. Well, we appreciate you talking with us last Thursday when you guys won your opener against the Zusa Pacific. I know you guys were, were excited to play uh, Southern New Hampshire, a team that's uh, gone to the World Series back-to-back years. Uh, but unfortunately, Mother Nature had other plans. <laughs> Heavy snow dump today. So what? what's on the uh, docket for Conrad Villaforte this weekend with no baseball? Well, um, I'm sure Coach Hanks will have us do something. I wouldn't be surprised if we got the field ready for this weekend um, just to scrimmage each other, just to keep the flow of the game going. Um, but, yeah, we were pretty bummed they weren't able to come out and we weren't able to play this series. We were going to be an underdog for the first time in a while um, in terms of national ranking, so it would have been it would have been a fun test for us. Yeah, and Southern New Hampshire, number six in the nation. Mavericks, number 15. Yeah, like you said, that's uh, that's unfamiliar territory for uh, for Colorado Mesa baseball to to be ranked lower than somebody else that you play uh, at any time in the season, uh, except maybe when you get to the World Series. Uh, last year, Conrad, you had five RBIs against uh, Zusa Pacific. You did better than that this time around. Uh, seven ribbies this last weekend, a couple of home runs. You're hitting uh, 647 right now. Get off to a sensational start. You had that uh, opening uh, game where you went four for four, then reached on an air to get on base all five times. It's it's been a good start to the season for you. Yes, it has. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to have a great start to the season, and uh, I couldn't couldn't have done it without the guys around me, uh, Coach Hanks, and all the coaching staff has prepared us pretty well, and um, we took we took the cold weather to our, our, our advantage and. Uh, Really, really put it to the Pacific this weekend. Yeah, four-game sweep, uh, sweep of the Cougars this last weekend at the Diamond of the Bergman Sports Complex. And last year, you hit 362. You were six on the team. And that was a team that was loaded, full of uh, tremendous bats. Uh, Hayden McGarry, the, the National Player of the Year. Caleb Farmer, Spencer Bramwell, Jordan Stubbings, Matthew Turner at times would, would have big games offensively. And, and now it's you and Harrison Rogers that are returning guys from last year of, of the regulars for last year, does it put pressure on you? Because this this ball club is not that ball club. This is a ball club that's going to be built more in pitching. And it, you guys have always manufactured runs, even with those guys that I just referenced part of it last year. But, I mean, it is going to be a different ball club this year. How do you, as from a, a senior leadership standpoint, and a guy that played a lot last year, how do you take over the reins and lead this team 
and certainly it's going to be a different direction than we've seen the last couple of years for Maverick baseball. Well, yeah, you know, um, Harrison and I, and I are the, the two returner uh, veterans on the team, but um, there's been there's been a lot of guys that have had to wait to get their turn, and um, we're actually a lot older as a team as some people would think. Um, so some of these guys just haven't had the opportunities yet, but they they're going to be very prepared. They already showed that this weekend. Um, the guys in front of them, obviously tremendous talent, but these guys have the same, the same talent. And, uh, we may not hit the ball out of the yard as much, but we're going to produce runs just as well. Conrad Villaforte, senior for the Cutter Mason baseball team joining us today. Senior from Fountain Valley, California, went to Fountain Valley high school, uh, Take us uh, through the journey, Conrad, that you had coming to, to play at Colorado Mesa. How did you get from Fountain Valley out to Grand Junction? Well, um, they were actually on one of my school college lists uh, in high school. Um, the travel team that I was with had connections here, and during the Senior Fall Classic, I believe, in Arizona, if they still call it that, uh, back in 2017, 2018, I played there that summer and or that fall, and Coach Hanks and Coach McKinney were out there, and they saw me. Uh, I went on a recruiting visit here. Um, Caleb Farmer was a really close buddy of mine in high school, and he obviously had a tremendous year last year and graduated. But um, So he kind of helped me find my way here, and uh, I haven't looked back. Caleb, the, the when you became teammates, kind of guy that was still you know there to be you know somebody to be a sounding board for you as far as your your college career goes. Yes, no doubt. Um, he kind of showed me the ropes of uh, how we do things here at Colorado Mesa, how to be a a Maverick baseball player here, and he did a great job. Conrad Villaforte, uh, outfielder, DH for the Colorado Mesa baseball team, joining us on the Team Sports Network. You're majoring in accounting, and I know you'd like to run your own business. At least that's what the bio says. Uh, is that still something you uh, you aspire to do, to own your own business? Well, the, things have changed a little bit. Um, I've asked I've asked a couple people to change that in my bio. I actually changed my major uh, about two years ago now to kinesiology, fitness, and health promotion um, with a minor in business, actually. So, I would I would love to run my own gym one day. Uh, I just got certified as a personal trainer this week, actually. Um, so that's something that I look forward to after I graduate. So still business, but a different kind of business tied into, like you said, kinesiology, and so going a little bit of a different direction, uh, but still uh, using that that business degree. We're talking with Conrad Villaforte of the Maverick baseball team with us today on the team. And for you, what when you're when you have the rare chance of uh, getting away for a little bit you know during season obviously it's extremely difficult but maybe during the summer what does conrad villaforte do uh, to kind of wind down fish like to hike uh what what are some things you like to do is just kind of a, a, a to get away from baseball for a little bit and get a little bit of a break well during the summertime i usually head home uh to my parents out in orange county california and uh, i'm fortunate enough to live about five to ten minutes away from the beach I love to go to the beach. I um, Last summer I did an internship as a personal trainer down in Huntington Beach. I spent a lot of my time there working 
and also training on the side, um, and then going to the beach in my free time. Uh, I'll tell you what, a day like today, you probably wish you could catch a quick flight back home for the weekend, right? If Skip doesn't have plans for you and spend some time out in California on a snowy day like today. Well, hey, Conrad, I appreciate the time. Great start to the season for you and the Mavericks. We appreciate you coming on and and uh, look forward, of course, uh, carrying more Colorado Mesa baseball, Mesa baseball as uh, the season moves on. Appreciate the time, Conrad. Of course, we're looking we're looking forward to a great season. Uh, appreciate you having me on again. Thank you. Thank you. Conrad Villaforte, the Mavericks baseball team, uh, with us on the program this morning. All right, Jim along with uh, the Buckeye boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. So want to get just a little bit of uh, Jake Aguirre's interview with you from last night. Fruto Monument clinching the Southwestern League title last night for the first time since 2019-2020. Here's uh, Rio with Jake Aguirre. You beat them by five of 10, 11 days ago. It took double overtime here. Have you got caught your breath yet here in the last couple minutes? 53-47 win. Uh, no, I don't. I, I'm still trying to process this. That was a... Uh... That was a great effort on both ends. I mean, both teams really wanted to win that game, and you could see it, and that's why it took a little bit of extra time to get it. But uh, it was a great great way for us to finish out on our home court. The boys finally made some free throws. I think that was the difference there. It felt like there was a point in the third quarter where Central had a chance to kind of maybe start pulling away, but Daniel Thomason, kind of like a one-man band, had a hand on the jersey to keep him close. He went a little cold there, but some of your other guys in the fourth quarter, like an Austin Reed, some of the other guys, Max Orchard stepped up, and you mentioned hit some really big free throws. Reed especially with five in the double overtime. Yeah, yeah, Austin, we wanted him to have the ball, but, uh, you know, it's good to see those guys stepping up. We rely on Daniel for a lot, uh, and he does a lot for us on both sides of the floor. So if he does have that little bit of time where, he needs his boys to come in and help. He can do that, or we can do that, and the boys did a nice job of that. Max had a had a really great stretch there, and uh, Ian Summers hit two gigantic shots for us, so that was awesome for him. Absolutely. A lot of guys spreading around, especially in the fourth quarter in the two overtime sessions. On the other side of the court, you talk about Braylon Scott. He's a tough guy to defend. You held him to four points, I believe, in the first game, five points in this game. You talk a lot about Daniel Thomason offensively, but I don't think people really talk about his defense that much. Yeah, yeah, and and you know it was a collective effort. We we had our eyes on him. Um, you know, we kind of sink off and not necessarily double team him, but we sink off to help on him because that dude's a monster. I just told him in the handshake line, I am so glad I don't have to see him anymore because <laughs> he's such a great competitor. He's a really great kid too. So. It's good for us to be able to do that with him. It's very rare that that, that happens to that guy. So it's it's good for us. It's the only reason we've come out with two wins against this team. All right, that's Jakey Guerra with uh, Rio from last night's game. Wildcats beat Central in double overtime to clinch the Southwestern League title. And that's our show for today. Back with you tomorrow morning on the program. We'll have uh, In the Garage and NASCAR Fred brought to you by Montrose Ford Nissan as we preview the Daytona 500. Also, Mark Johnson voiced the Buffaloes. That's on tomorrow's program as well. Thanks again for joining us, and thanks for listening to the Team Sports Network.